I want you to do a little thought exercise here. Picture your best day ever. What would it include? Would you have a nice workout in the morning? Maybe go for a walk, a run, a swim if you've got a pool nearby? Do you have a little ice cream treat? I was just writing about milkshakes for another article I'm working on. Maybe you'd have a nice milkshake covered in caramel. Well, not covered, though, because too much caramel. Ooh, that's dangerous. But just the right amount. Maybe a bit of chocolate sprinkled in there, too. Mwah, chef's kiss. Maybe you'd have some dog cuddles. Maybe all of that positivity could set you up for success to have your best day ever. Whatever your best day ever looks like, Mike Fatta wants to help get you there. Mike Fatta is an entrepreneur with multiple nine-figure exits. He's also the author behind the new book, Grow, 12 Unconventional Lessons for Becoming an Unstoppable Entrepreneur. And Mike will be the first to tell you that his journey to entrepreneurial success, not really the most conventional one, which is why unconventional is in the title of his book. Amazing how two and two, you can put it together like that. Mike grew up with a poor single mother, dropped out of school as a teenager, started a company, nearly 20 years later, sold it for almost half a billion dollars. Today, he works with all kinds of different entrepreneurs, whether as a coach, an advisor, an investor. So he's got a pretty great sense of what works, what doesn't work. Through it all, Mike maintains a very genuine and authentic personality, which is a key driver to having a successful business. You, of course, need a good product and need to provide value, but people are driven by the story, why you're doing it. And if you're in business for the wrong reasons, it's going to come out sooner rather than later. Never a good thing. Mike's also dropping some of his favorite work from anywhere destinations, how he's grown his newsletter. He's released 10 issues as of this recording already has 10,000 subscribers. That's a very good conversion rate. And Mike's going to share why that's happened. And maybe you can do something similar with your own newsletter or content or whatever you're delivering to provide great stuff for your audience. One housekeeping item that I don't really do very often. But if you enjoy this show, if you're listening to this episode and you say, hey, that's good. I want you to tell one other person. You can do it however you want. It can be in one-on-one conversation. Say, hey, I think you'd like this show. It can be in a text message. You could wish someone happy birthday and be like, here, for a gift, I got you this podcast. They might be disappointed that it's not some sort of physical gift. It depends on the person, but they might find it very helpful. It's like, hey, you brought me value in a nice, tidy little package, and I didn't even have to leave my house to enjoy it. However you want to do it, I would like you to tell someone about this show because it does help tremendously. And all of the guests I've had on in the past will also appreciate it. You can single-handedly make about 155 people very happy by sharing it with one person. I think that's pretty cool. You can barely lift a finger, already making over 150 people happy. That's the kind of efficiency we love to see around here. I'm Joey Held. This is Good People, Cool Things. And here's my conversation with Mike Fatta. So to start off, can you give us your name and your elevator pitch, but also the elevator that we're riding on? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Mike Fada. Um, I am a 25-year entrepreneur um, and uh, focused on health and wellness and kind of uh, found my success in uh, in the hemp foods, commercializing the hemp foods movement. Uh, but now I'm an investor, advisor, 
mentor and, and helping a lot of other entrepreneurs. Fantastic. And you mentioned 25 years is when you started Manitoba Harvest Hemp Foods and sold it in 2016. So that's like an old enough to vote company that you have, at least here in America. I don't know where in some of the other uh, locations around the world, maybe you could have voted a long time ago, but that's a long time to be running a company and then to sell it for close to half a billion dollars. So what was that was that moment like? Was it like giving up a child? Were you like jubilantly celebrating? Was it bittersweet? What was it like? Uh, yeah, there's always, you know, there's always positives and negatives in life. For sure, a positive to, uh, to get a very large check in your bank account. But uh, the challenging part of it was the grieving that, uh, that I was done that journey. You know, we always think that the destination can be, uh, can be sweet, and, but, you know, not being able to go and, and work with the 200 team members at Manitoba Harvest or really be even allowed in the building anymore. Uh, you know, there, there was a certain uh, amount of grieving that I had to go through and, uh, and it was balanced. You know, I, I, I love that I can afford uh, uh, my time and, and, and move on to kind of the next stage of my career. But uh, it, it, there was, it was sweet and bittersweet at the same time. Absolutely. And you've, like you said, you've moved on. Now you're working with all kinds of entrepreneurs, helping them ideally get to a similar spot or wherever they're trying to go. But I think something that I appreciate is that you are very cognizant that everyone's journey is a both not a linear path, but also going to look different. So since that is different for everyone, how do you help them kind of identify their own sort of like personal strengths and growth and where they can go from there? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is perspective. You know, I've um, I, I've I've grown a business from zero to hundred million dollars, and so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of systems and structure in that. Um, you're right that it's different, uh, and and every business is different depending on the stage that they're at. But I'm a pretty um, I'm a pretty good operator myself, uh, but with that 20 years of experience growing the business. And, and so I, I just, and I, I'm a pretty quick study too. So I, I take the time to really find out where the business is at, where that entrepreneur is at, and then just simply tell them what I would do if I was in their situation um, and what the next steps would look like for me. And so usually that gives them a perspective, either validating something that they're already feeling or, or, or giving them a, you know, some other, some other strategy or some other options for them to, uh, to consider. Do you find that sometimes people don't want to listen is there is there a way you can uh persuade them you know using your experience or anything like that because i think that you know your pushback is is always a thing and i think sometimes it can be and i I know i've done this like it comes from a sense almost of like the blinders on of like no i've been doing this my way and like that works well but maybe it could be working better so if you do get some resistance how do you kind of work together like that yeah it depends on what my role is if if I'm mentoring someone and and they don't uh, they they don't take want to take any of my advice then it's probably not the right mentorship um if I'm an investor um you know it's not my day to day I'm not involved day to day in the business but if I if I'm an advisor to a company or and or for sure if I'm a uh I have a fiduciary role as a board member as a director sometimes as a chair of the board then there's 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 probably more um uh there's more governance and, and controls around that if it is a very strategic decision. But uh, you know, I'm 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 very uh, uh, open and 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 want to really again understand where where the founders, where those entrepreneurs are really at in their in their journey, and and not be uh, uh, you know not, not not get out of perspective. I see too many times people that are successful in business think there's just one way to do it, and 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 for sure there's not. You know, there's there's many different paths in life, and 
and uh, and so you know the more awareness that entrepreneurs can uh, can get on what are all these different paths for them for where they're at uh, usually is the most helpful. Do you have a an example, whether it's through one of your own uh, experiences or or a company that you've worked with, where maybe from the outside it's like this does look a little unorthodox, or like this isn't how I would have expected to see success, but to to kind of drive that point home. Oh yeah, I mean, um, one of my portfolio companies, Midday Squares, is a, is a classic example of that. They they're a new age chocolate company. They, they make, they make wonderful, delicious chocolates, but they've really built the business by, um, by installing a media company, really having a media company inside the business. So they share everything about the business. Their first employee was a videographer. Um, uh, and, uh, and so they're showing behind the scenes, how chocolate's made, um, how they, their struggles that they're having, uh, growing the business, the fights that they have, the therapy sessions that they go to, they share it all. And, and, uh, and that's a, you know, one to, to be able to put that amount of cost to a new business, um, it, it is, you know, it's, it's very unconventional. Um, and, and two, I mean, there's lots of things to focus on in the business, but they, they focused on making raving fans that were interested in trying their chocolate and, and it's really worked for them. So, you know, I, I, I that's one of the things I love about, uh, investing and in, in advising and even mentoring, uh, entrepreneurs is I always learn just as much as they're learning from me. Um, because, you know, uh, the marketplace continues to change. Um, you know, younger entrepreneurs are, are usually more bold and, and, uh, and, and, you know, take risks and, and, and stuff. And, and sometimes you gotta just do that. There was a bunch of people that said midday squares, Oh, it's going to fail. Look how much money they're spending. It's crazy. They're, you know, they're just, it's all hype. And, and, uh, but they've, you know, you start getting 10 million views on a TikTok video, uh, and people get emotionally attached to the brand. They want to buy that product and, and they likely want to buy it. Uh, for life or for a long time. And, and, and so that's a great example. I'm going to blank on the name of the, the auto brand, but maybe you've seen this too, where it was a, a, an auto body shop where they posted a TikTok where someone was like, Hey, I got hired to do this. And like, I'm going to get fired if I don't raise engagement. Can you please like this? And just made all these like ridiculous little, um, like cat centric videos with the same sort of corny song, which maybe is like a trending sound. I don't know. I'm not on TikTok, So I, Sometimes I'm very behind the loop on that, but yeah. that reminded me of that. Yeah. I caution there for 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 businesses, but for you know for entrepreneurs that are involved, uh, just you got to be authentically yourself. So uh, when you're sharing on social yes. media, uh, you, you definitely don't want to be uh, faking it or making something up because you know people will see right through that nowadays, and it, there's no there's no sustainability in that. So be yourself. Uh, but you know a lot of people say, hey, I don't I don't have an interesting story to tell, and I don't believe that. I, I think that consumers are interested in, in all the stories they're interested in behind the scenes. They're interested in connecting, uh, um, connecting with people and, and, and businesses, whether that's, you know, how, how, how a washing machine works, you know, or some, you, you will, we all feel that like you go to, uh, uh, buy a new car and the car smells, car salesman or, or woman is, is, is really knowledgeable. And so they teach you all about the car and the benefits and you, and you get emotionally connected to that. Like that, you could, you could, everyone has a story to tell and, and whether it's their, their, their personal story or, and, or their business story. And, and we're seeing that more and more. So it's just, you know, capturing that and, and, uh, and sharing it out there and you can start to build a community. Yeah. And I think it comes across in when you're telling someone about that, like I can tell when you're not interested in it, like that same type of sort of inauthenticness of like, you know, you ask someone about something that they don't really care about, you're going to get kind of a, a half-assed response. But if you if if they are really into it, then they're a teaching you a lot about it. You can see like, oh, this means a lot to them, and then you you do feel more connected to it. And I, the part about it not being sustainable, I think, 
of of like trying to be inauthentic is is what I just want to hammer home because I think people see that yeah they're like oh this company did this I could do that Simon Sinek says it well for a number of years but like pe- people don't buy what you're selling they they're buying why you're doing it right um, and so that passion like why why are you into it whether whether you're whether you're into like um, you know your teeth and so you know you you want to you want to market a new toothbrush and that's what you're super into because you know you love oral health like that much or 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 it's like you're you love hockey and and you, you'd want to make hockey sticks or or make an, a hockey app so people can go find their latest game or whatever that is for 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 you as an individual really channeling your authentic self like uh, people, People buy that. That's they. They want to be part of it. They they want to be part of your passion. They can feel the passion. Where the flip side is, and I meet entrepreneurs that tell me as an investor, "Hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to sell the business one day." And I'm like, mm, "That's not the right reason for me to invest. <laughs> I, I I want someone that'll do it for the rest of their life." And and I believe if you're just if you're just doing something that you love and you're and you're and you're continuously improving, you will make something great. And and then yeah, there may be an opportunity to sell that business or capitalize one day, but don't do it for the money. Do do it do it for why you're really actually doing it. Yeah, if that's why you're getting started, not not the way to go. <laughs> Obviously, like COVID sucked for everyone, clearly hurt people. But were there certain processes or like foundations in place that these that certain companies had that made them more able to kind of weather that storm? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, in the natural products industry, um, a lot of the products are, are food and supplement products. So healthier, better for you foods and and supplements that. Um, you know, give you energy, boosted immunity, uh, helped with sleep and calming. All the there's a bunch of categories that just really boomed during uh, during COVID. But it was also how those businesses were structured to uh, bring their products to market. So ones that were had already uh, a component of direct consumer aspect of their business, uh, or and or were had a had a partnership with Amazon or some of the online retailers were really well positioned to capitalize where. If someone was over reliant on stores and then all of a sudden stores are closed or, you know, or, or they're restricted, people are going in there, but they're not really shopping and looking for new products um, that, you know, those, those businesses was maybe, were maybe a little bit more harmed. Uh, and then same thing as, as businesses that were um, already well prepared to share their story digitally through, through social media, through their website, through PR, um, there was a lot more moments uh, because uh, people were at home and. Um, in front of their computers, in front of their phones, more watching uh, and getting their kind of entertainment in that way. So uh, there, w- there is definitely a separation of, uh, of businesses that were kind of better set up for COVID, and then and then ones that weren't even even in our industry. A little bit of a one eighty here, but you're also a single father of two and homeschool your kids, which again, because of COVID, probably a situation a lot of people found themselves in over the past few years. At least having to to kind of support that because. It's tough. It's tough to learn over a Zoom call when you're when you're in that um, you know that young and like still kind of learning that way. But how have you balanced that? Because you're still involved with all of your entre- you know the entrepreneurs you work with, but then also homeschooling your kids. And personally, for you, what's the subject that you struggle with teaching them the most? Mm, great question. Um, yeah, well, I'd say it's a lifestyle for me. I've uh, one of the benefits of of, uh, after we sold the business, even before that, uh, last couple of years, I was, I was working from home more of the time. And so uh, my kids were homeschooled, uh, before the pandemic. And so we already had a routine where, um, you know, there's part of our day is, uh, hanging out as a family and, and, uh, and eating and socializing together. Part of our day is, is learning together and I'm helping them with their subjects. Uh, you know, we, we, we have, uh, we could buy some, uh, the grades and, and the materials. Um, uh, and, but you know, I find myself where maybe 
yeah, some parents live that or many parents live that through COVID, but even not, they're helping kids with their homework, you know, uh, homeschooling, you're just kind of doing the homework you know, during the day instead of maybe at, at the end of the night. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I've always been good at math and, uh, and science. Those are kind of easier ones for me, but even then, you know, I, I dropped out of school when I was 13, 14 and, and, uh, and a lot of what I've learned has been self-taught or, or taught through, through business. So thankfully, um, you know, YouTube has instructional videos on, on most subjects. And so the textbook, uh, you know, has the paper base and, and the walkthrough and even the, the quizzes and tests. But if you need some, if you need a five minute tutorial, uh, you can likely find it. And, uh, and so it's knowing kind of what to ask for, uh, uh, on, uh, you know, through, through, uh, through Google. And, uh, and I, I use that as a, a solid backup for the things that I can't uh, actually, you know, walk them through in the instruction. I like it. I like it. Every once in a while I'll get I, you know, through a friend's sibling or, or something like that. Like I'll get, I'll see a little bit of like what homework is being given now. And I'm just like, this has changed since I was in high school for sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, Hey, so the world's changing. Like yeah. we even, we never had any cell phones where you could just Google something and to pick up an encyclopedia to kind of learn something new. Now it's not, it's not even, it's not even like web search. It's, it's, uh, it's AI, you know, and like things like chat GPT where, you know, they can, robust answers the the ai can give you or write an essay or help you with uh, writing a poem whatever it is and and uh, and so you know the the skills that are going to be needed i think for kids now and and over the next 10 or 20 years are going to be much different than, than when i was growing up anyway do you remember the first question you asked chat gpt uh, i asked it to write an essay on myself and that was early enough in the beta that um now they don't do that no, it, it, they turned it off you, they won't allow you to uh, take you know public figures and and uh, and give you kind of a but it, it did write a uh, a full biography on you know and uh, I, I was just blown away there was a couple of a couple small errors in it but uh, I, I was generally blown away and uh, and again that that part's changed but uh, i've learned a lot about and use it on a regular basis and and i've learned that very much like you know, Google, when Google first came about, it's, it's, it's the prompt. Like, do you know what you're asking for? Uh, if you, if you want to, if you're looking for a bookstore, um, you know, is it, is it a bookstore in a certain city on a certain street? And then you'll find that one you're looking for. Or, or, and so the prompt is very, very important, but you can, you do anything from put your workout regime together or, you know, have it uh, bake you a new recipe, uh, based off an old one, write a, write a test or, you know, I just, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's incredible. It's only just going to get easier for people as a, as a plugin. Yeah, I like the I like the cooking idea from it. Uh, as someone that is trying yeah, to like, a, a, have you tra- like yeah, for sure. You could put a you can you can get it to put a meal plan, a healthy meal. You just hey, hey here's what we're eating. Here's the allergen restrictions. Here's how much protein we're, you want to get, and it'll put a whole meal plan together for for a week, and then and then it'll put the grocery list together off of that, like. You know, when, wow. when have we ever had that? It's, that's, that's really, uh, that's, that's really an assistant, you know? Uh, uh, and, uh, I'm just blown away, uh, thinking of where that technology can go as more people get super passionate about advancing it forward. Yes. And I hope it's, it's more things like that. That'll be helpful instead of the nefarious things that sometimes people like to, <laughs> to imagine it going off onto as well. Um, but if it, I mean, Already, I feel like it's more helpful than when I try to ask Alexa for something. She's been, she's been slacking lately, so maybe, yeah. maybe a little scared of what's to come. <laughs> Even though it is kind of the same basic thing, but, I, uh, but I digress. It's fine. A question that I always like to ask is a question you wish you were asked more frequently, and this is perhaps the the core theme of your business entirely is for people to structure 
their best day ever. So if you can distill it into a few minutes, how can people structure their best day ever? Yeah, well, I think um, being mindful and thinking about that we control our best day ever is a, is is the number one place to uh, to start, um, and then from there, it's uh, it's crafting it. You know, writing an actual plan of what your best day ever looks like uh, that you can draw you can draw inspiration from from others. Um, I, I'm definitely sharing that the kind of template for thinking about your best day ever of you know how many hours of of sleep do you need and and uh, and what kinds of food um are going to nourish you and, and give you uh, give you energy um what kind of what kind of exercise and and um uh are, you know is going to are you going to feel passionate about so you do it uh actually you know what what is your loving time with your friends and family look like uh, how are you going to, how are you going to add more adventure to your, to your life and to your day? So there's a number of prompts and, and, uh, and I have them in the book, uh, just to walk people through, to start thinking, oh, okay, well, he, I can actually put some of these things down and, and, and that's what my best day ever looks like. Are we going to accomplish that every day? No. Does it take time to, from when you, especially for a lot of people that are not living their best day ever, um, uh, to craft and, and, and start working towards it for sure. It takes time and effort, but you know, we are happening to the world. The world's not happening to us. And so we, we need to have a clear plan on it. And, and, uh, and I've just found, you know, I've been working on my best day ever for like 20 years now, since I more than 20 years, since I lost the weight, lost over hundred pounds and took my health in order. And, uh, and it's a continuous improvement exercise, but you have to, uh, you have to be mindful that you can do it first and then, and then put a plan together and then start chipping away at it. What's an exercise that you have found you enjoy doing? You know, my, my full workout routine, um, um, so since I got into, uh, health and, and, and lost the weight, I, uh, I, I do like full weight training. Uh, but then I also got into more, you know, a hit kind of, uh, workouts. Uh, I like cardio running, uh, biking, swimming, uh, and then, and then I've been doing yoga for, for you know 20 years. And so I like nowadays, I like to switch it up. Um, and so I don't feel kind of stale and, and ch- always challenging the, uh, the body, but, uh, but I, 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 you know, on the days of, of that I'm living my best day ever, it's like a two or three hour kind of routine where I stretch, I warm up, I, I exercise and get a really good, good exercise workout in. Um, then I get into the sauna and I'll, I'll, I'll sweat it up. Uh, over the last year and a half, I've added ice baths, so I'll, I'll do some some cold uh, uh, hydrotherapy and and um, and then some breath work and meditation. And I just feel amazing if I can do all that. Do I always get it done? No. Is, uh, do I have an abbreviated, abbreviated version of it? Yeah. When I'm traveling or something, sometimes you know, I'm working out in the hotel room and I have some stretch bands and, and I go for a, a long walk and, and, um, and so, but I'm always doing something. And, and if I have my time and the, now it's thankfully the majority of the time I'm doing my full routine because, uh, it just fires me up and, and, uh, and I feel healthy and well, um, and, and really check that box first thing in the morning. It really is amazing how early exercise just sets you up for such such a great day. Like, it, and every time I forget that, I'm like, why didn't I? Like, if I am having a crummy day at the end, I was like, oh, I didn't exercise this morning. Like, that probably factored into it. Now, you did touch on your book. You teased this book, Grow: Twelve Unconventional Lessons for Becoming an Unstoppable Entrepreneur, which comes out later this month. Congratulations. Very exciting. Yeah, it started pre-selling uh, and it just hit a, a number one bestseller on Amazon. So um, people are fired up yeah. about the uh, book. Congratulations. Yes. And what can people, if they if they haven't ordered, pre-ordered it yet, what can they expect from it? And do you have a favorite lesson out of the 12? 
so why people would want, you know, I, I think it's a combination of, uh, of inspiration and, and motivation to r- realize that, um, people can take an unconventional path to where they want to the success they want to build in life. Uh, for sure for entrepreneurs, um, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of lessons in there of building business, the unconventional way. So it's not, you know, it's not about going to an I- Ivy league school and having rich parents and, and, uh, and forming the business. It's about, you know, finding your passion, finding your purpose, building community and, and giving back and really letting that be the foundation of, uh, of, of, of your business. Um, my probably my favorite lesson. I don't, I think that's kind of like having favorite kids, but, uh, <laughs> uh, right now I'd say right now, I, and I'm really drawn to, you know, the, the lesson on how to feel like you, um, how to, how to discover and be mindful of your authentic self, what you bring to this world. And, and then, and then really double down, triple down on that because I've realized that in myself and a lot of entrepreneurs that I've worked with is that the more that you're, you're authentically yourself, um, you're just going to resonate and and build your community of of like-minded supporters around you. So it starts with you. And and so that's lesson number three in the book. And uh, that's my favorite of the week. The old cliche is that like, as soon as your book comes out, you're working on your next one. Do you have plans for future books from that? Or is it like, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Let's celebrate this. one. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, um, not even shipping yet. So, but when I did start this journey like two years ago and, and I've wanted to write my book just because, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of people that promote the conventional way of business. And, and I didn't, I didn't grow up like that, you know, growing up with a, uh, with a single poor mom dropping out of, of high school to start working, uh, you know, going through a whole health and weight loss, uh, uh, portion of my life. And then it's very traditional to me. Yeah. yeah, Getting, (laughs) getting into a weird business, being hemp foods and making that a hundred million dollar success. Um, very unconventional. And so I want to share with other people that, you know, it doesn't matter what your situation is. It can be unconventional and, and, and you could build something, uh, you could build something excellent from there. So that's very clear as I've gone through the process over the last two years to write and, and now release the book. Um, you know, there has been feelings that maybe it's not, I'm not a one and done, uh, author. Cause I have more to share. I do have my, um, newsletter that, that, I, that I write the unstoppable entrepreneur. Um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm sharing kind of mini lessons in that, in that newsletter. And, uh, that's grown to over now more than 10,000 subscribers over, over the last five months that, uh, that, that it's been out. And so I like writing, I like, I like sharing my lessons for the benefit of others. I think it's a, as a form of mass mentorship. I do want to touch on the newsletter a little bit too, because I think that's, I mean, I, I love newsletters. I know some people are like, I can't unsubscribe from them fast enough, but I'm like, no, I love them. Like, I think they're, they're so helpful. And the ones that are, are done really well, I think you can glean a lot from and not a long amount of time. So I imagine part of your success from that is because you are being authentic in it and offering good advice for, for other people who are maybe just getting started with a newsletter, maybe want to do one to help supplement their business what kind of advice beyond like don't try to fake it what you offer yeah well you got to provide you got to provide value um that that's number one you know and i started providing value uh, on social media first i wasn't into social media at all but like three years ago i got into linkedin and i started to write and that's really really short form on on uh, on on social media like linkedin and started sharing some of my stories and and uh and and some mini lessons and and I started to build a community around that. And so for me, it was really about then taking that, uh, all that value that I was providing and making it a little bit more into long form, not super long form. I mean, the, uh, the newsletter is, I keep it to under a four minute read. Uh, Cause I think that, that, that I think brevity is, uh, is key. 
um, the newsletter is is really you know um, skimmable for people that want to take the lessons out of it. Uh, but I think the number one thing for people is you have to provide value. If you're not providing value, people are going to unsubscribe and delete it the moment that they don't feel that there's value there. And that's just the world we're living in with the amount of content and and, and opportunity. So if you're if you're starting out, that's the uh, that's number being authentic would be number one. Providing value uh, in every time you write to it would too. I like it. I like it. And sometimes I think too, like you can, you can be providing value for someone at a certain part of their journey. And then maybe they're like, well, I don't, I don't need this anymore. So I think like, that's a a good almost reminder too, that like not every unsubscribe is the end of the world, but like if it's happening in mass, then there's probably, it's probably, yeah. And you're not going to, it's not to say you're not going to get some churn for sure. But you know, Hey, if anything that I'm doing, I want to always, I'm thinking always about like, uh, continuous improvement, incre- incrementally getting better, and so you know to do that you have to you have to um, analyze your results, and then and then yeah, and 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 draw from that. You know, for for I put out um, ten newsletters, and and there's ten thousand subscribers, so it, that's like a thousand <laughs> subscribers new added very good. newsletter. <laughs> for, it, it's the uh, it's the fastest thing that I've ever built, but I realized it's because it was already on a base of of again like sharing some of my uh, my journey on on social media. On LinkedIn, and 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 then now the book is just really the long, long form of that, right? People can get under under the hood and and uh, and really dive in uh, uh, into to how I how I view building success. Well, lots more good content to come, I'm sure. In the meantime, you're almost off the hook here, but we always like to wrap up with a top three. We we were talking before we started recording. You're a big traveler. You've you're kind of a, a nomad throughout the world. So, where are your top three work from anywhere destinations? Yeah. Uh, well, I just came back from from uh, from the, the the number one. I think I can clearly <laughs> say number one, uh, Thailand. I I, uh, I love Thailand. I, I uh, the culture and the uh, and the food and the people. It, it's it's amazing. And so uh, and and I've worked on some uh, uh, out of some cool places there. Um, also a big fan of, uh, of Mexico and, uh, and the West coast of, uh, of Mexico I spent a, a bunch of time there last winter and it's, it's kind of the Canadian or U S snowbird thing to do. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so I like that. And I, I'd say the third, uh, third place I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of it this year, um, is, uh, working out of my VW van. I have a Ooh. VW Westphalia camper van that, that is just getting fully restored after owning her for, uh, 20 years. And, uh, and so out of the V out of the van, out of a provincial or state park, um, is, uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm gearing her up for that. So I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to a bunch of that this, uh, this summer. That sounds fantastic. Um, yes, best, best wishes on the, the travel for that. That sounds super cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, it takes discipline to to work from anywhere, uh, but I've I've been doing it for so long. Uh, you know, whether it's a trade show or on an airplane, less some some less glamorous places. But uh, uh, if you if you get into the mindset of work from anywhere and you have the ability to do so, boy, can you unlock uh, uh, you know a bunch of adventure and fun times. Absolutely. And if people want to learn more about you, maybe pre-order a copy of the book. Where can they find you? You know, the one-stop shop uh, for me is uh, at mikefata.ca on my website. So uh, M-I-K-E-F-A-T-A dot C-A. And uh, the Founder to Mentor podcast is there. The Unstoppable Entrepreneur newsletter is there all about to grow my new book uh, you could find there. So I I would encourage people to check out mikefata.ca. And if you want to connect with me, um, you know, LinkedIn is probably the best place if you're on LinkedIn uh, and and I'm on there on a a regular basis uh, and uh, happy uh, happy to chat it up fantastic 
And we'll have links in the show notes as well to all of those. Mike, thank you so much for coming on here. This was a blast. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Yes, and continued success and safe travel since I <laughs> sounds like there's lots more travels coming up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a cup home for a couple of days and off again I go. <laughs> well, in the meantime, we'll we'll leave you with a corny joke as we always end every episode with one. What did one nut say to the other during a game of tag? I don't know. I'm a cashew. Get after it today, people. <laughs> Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Ooh.